Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of all your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And we have a movie for the first time that's even more perfect than the perfect length of 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely our shortest with yes. 57 minutes. And I, I, mm-hmm. don't, I don't know if Nick has a hot take, but I have a hot take that it should be shorter than 57 <laughs> even. My my hot take is it is a TV movie. Um, it could have taken up just two time slots on like TV broadcast programming, including yeah. commercials. So like including commercials, like it could have been like a tight forty five. A forty five, yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, so we are discussing today Joe Dante's No Shocker there. Um, Hell yeah, <laughs> uh, TV film. Uh, his first of two. Uh, for this series uh, called uh, Homecoming. That's the episode of the uh, Masters of Horror anthology series um, created by Mick Garris, who is another um, uh, horror filmmaker and and friend of Joe Dante's. Um, He started out making the Critters movies, which were gremlin (laughs) knockoffs. And then he made a couple of uh, Stephen King films. Uh, He also started making the um oh there's that one um halloween uh not thriller but there's another like movie that was michael jackson and it's like halloween inspired and he started out with that one um, okay but then production took like years and years so we had to drop (laughs) out of it um, did did he do the TV movie the the Langoliers the Stephen King Total Shot in the Dark I don't think he did the Langoliers no it um, just seem seems like that kind of thing yeah especially with his start in, on Critters no he did one um, okay so um, just a few things here he wrote the story he has a story credit for Batteries Not Included yep yep um, he wrote The Fly two yes that's right. He wrote and co-executive produced Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the Michael Jackson thing you were thinking of was Ghosts. Yes, Ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was supposed to just be a music video, but then Michael Jackson extended it, and, and, and Mick Garris had to drop out eventually. He was also a zombie and thriller. That's right. There was some connection with thriller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think, how he met Michael Jackson. Yeah, I mean, probably. And yeah. he was also in Sam Raimi's The Quick and the Dead, Mm-hmm. Yep. just as a as a guy yeah so he's yeah. he's by no means prolific mick Harris. he has very few credits to his name um but he he's well beloved in the horror community um mm. and he's well beloved amongst other horror directors as well um yeah joe dante he's been on joe dante's podcast and joe dante's been on his podcast both of them were on um gilbert godfrey's podcast this year <laughs> and i think last year also for halloween to talk about universal uh, horror films and they should both be on our podcast and they soon. should both be on our podcast i agree and gilbert godfrey why not come on gilbert yeah. <laughs> oh so gareth Gar- has a ton more tv credits he's yeah he's done um Oh, uh, the psycho thing you were thinking of, he directed was Psycho 4, The Beginning. Yes, that's TV great. movie. Um, he directed the 1997 Shining miniseries. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Masters of Horror. Um, uh, Pretty Little Liars. That was like a big show. That was a big he show. Directed, yep. Yeah. He directed two episodes of that. Or an episode of that. Yeah. 
yeah his tv work is um is more robust than his film work definitely for sure for sure um, um joe dante yeah. what does he joe do dante, do we like him this guy oh, i don't really know i don't know much about him uh i hear he's pretty cool yeah, made yeah. a film about like some little creatures uh trolls too or something i don't know i don't know what it's called Grim- so. grimoids or something Grimoid, yeah i don't know goblins uh whatever <laughs> um no but of course uh you know another legend of our pantheon um and this is oh, kind yeah. of like um yeah kind of an unwitting uh theme month that we've started here uh, we, yeah we we, we kind of we kind of got bogged down and now, now we're experiencing the blowback of, yes, the, of this un, of yes. this unintended th- situation we find ourselves in <laughs> this this snafu this quagmire of, yeah. of sorts um yeah this is a uh, an iraq war film uh just like brian de palma's uh redacted um, but this is a a horror film first and foremost a, a zombie film at that um made in 2005 actually so the war has really just started um and this uh, predates redacted yeah predates redacted by two years yeah um yeah no it it this is so funny because like we we were teenagers around this time and like you were definitely more of a of a horror or even just like genre movie genre tv fan than i was at that time definitely um i i would have definitely not watched this like this was not my thing at the time but like at this point this is definitely a thing i'm into <laughs> just this yeah i didn't know about this until i went to college um one of our friends who shall not be named uh who we went to college with um had shown me i can't remember it was maybe one of um Takashi Miyake's uh, entries into this series, which I think is the last one because it was so brutal. They're just like, we're done, we're good. Damn, we don't have to do anymore. Uh, <laughs> is that is that is that beat Takashi? Is that who that is? No, like no, that's is... uh, Takashi Kitano. Is beat Takashi? Okay. Takashi Miike did like Ichi the Killer, uh, Thirteen Whoa, Assassins. Okay, uh, okay so Goro. just quick. Yeah. Quick live, quick live action research. Um, Takashi Miike did the last episode of the first season only. Okay, the first season, right, right, right. Yeah, um, yeah. So I had seen that, and then I saw that Dante had done some, and Carpenter is he did a few as well. Carpenter did one. Um, um, John Landis, love yep. him or hate him, he's done a couple. He's influential. Yep. Um, but yeah, so I, I had seen this in college, so somewhere like 2009, 2010 is when I first saw this. But I, growing up, I didn't have Showtime, so I wouldn't have had mm. access to this mm. at all. Um, and I didn't really develop that love for Joe Dante until college as well. So sure. this really sure. wouldn't have meant much to me if I saw it in high school. I mean, of course, I like Gremlins, and I like Gremlins too. I grew up with those, but I really didn't have an understanding of who Joe Dante was you know, right. until until college. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at what well, we'll have to link the Wikipedia for this series, just because like looking at the episode list, like there's some great premises here. Like there's, I don't know, the F- the aforementioned directors that we're that we're into. Um, there's some like Lovecraft's seeming episodes. There's mm-hmm. some really kind of out there. John Carpenter does like an, an, an abortion. Yeah. Short. Yeah. <laughs> I think great, I've seen that one, too. Uh, it's pretty good. He does another one about like a movie theater called Cigarette Burns. I haven't seen that yes. one. Oh my god, that that's that's him just smoking smoking butts yeah. all day. 
that's great. Uh, but but this one specifically, Homecoming, um, it is about uh, veterans. Yeah, essentially veteran veterans' rights, treatment of veterans in this country. Um, the lots of overtly political talk. Oh yeah, this is probably Dante's most political film. I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, there's politics peppered throughout every single one of his films. Uh, I think he he's not, um, you know, he 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 wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, if you listen to his podcast, he's definitely like kind of just a, um, you know, center lib type guy. Sure. Um, but uh, you know, he's not afraid to put those politics in his film. Small Soldiers is an incredibly political film. Um, we. We might have to do that movie. We might have to That's, do it. I mean, it it was not well received when it when no. it came out. You know, it's no. it's got a cult following, um, but uh, and not even a big one, honestly. You know, like his the Gremlins is a much bigger film than Small Soldiers. Oh yeah, yeah. In the film community, um, but I mean, like even in Gremlins too. I mean, everyone knows this by now, but Clamp is, right. is Trump plus Ted Turner, right? Exactly. Um, so yeah, he he's definitely not as as lefty as we are but he no. he has he he's sympathetic to us and you know definitely closer to us than he is to like a republican or something yeah oh definitely um and he actually he did an interesting film that doesn't age poorly but it's just like it's it's it isn't it is less than the sum of his parts definitely it's called the second civil war um mm-hmm. and that was his first made for tv movie that was, I believe that was his first made-for-TV movie for HBO, actually, um, in the 90s. And it, uh, yeah, it's about a second civil war in America. Basically, like, America is more, like, welcoming to immigrants. And, like, immigrants, um, they are, like, kind of larger demographics in certain states. Um, and then, like, the, I think the governor of Iowa like shuts his borders down and then like he gets the national guard to come in but he gets the national guard from like other states to come in and then that and then like the president sends his troops to fight it's just it's it's pretty wild and it has a lot of you know john joe dante stock characters it has yeah. robert picardo it has um dennis leary's in that as well as a, as a cameraman uh um, yeah uh ron perlman he's pretty good in it uh, dan hedaya it's 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 great acting but the story is just it's kind of whatever yeah uh some of those elements that you just mentioned definitely appear in this in this movie in homecoming um like the idea of like oh republican presidents or republican governors doing shitty questionably legal unconstitutional shit um the idea of like this divide in society and and like a a supernatural or not not necessarily supernatural in the terms of of the second civil war movie but like a catastrophic event kind of becomes the Mm -hmm. metaphor by which by which these things are explored yeah definitely a catastrophic event um in second civil war the um the mexican community of texas blows up the alamo (laughs) Fuck yes, <laughs> and then like that's some white amazing. supremacists in in New York blow up the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> that's so. Those good. are the best parts of that movie for sure. 
Uh, is, is Dick Miller in that one though? Because yeah, he, he wasn't in this. He was I, not I really in missed this. him. I know. I was looking for him. I don't know what happened there. I, I wonder if this is the only film that Dick Miller is not in of Dante's, or if it was maybe cut. I don't know. But Dick, yeah, Dick Miller's in Seconds of a War. I can't remember where. Um, maybe he's one of the news guys. I can't remember. Um, sure. but that's what this this movie shares with with that film as well as like the the importance of of twenty four hour news yes. media. Yes. Um, so I guess that that's a good way to get into the, the plot of this film because our, our main character is uh, David Murch. He's a speechwriter for ostensibly George Bush. Um, yeah. Um, shout out to number one fan, Labor Giant. This is a contemporaneous piece, so it takes place when it was produced. Um, but it's it's basically, yeah, it, it's George Bush and all but name because like we yeah. hear him at times. Yeah. Um, and the and the uh, the Ann Coulter cipher, Jane Cleaver, played by oh uh, Thea Gill. Uh, she has a license plate that is Bush Babe, B S H B A B E. Yeah, she she was good. She was like so clearly Ann Coulter. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Not even not even hiding it. Um, there's a, or I guess before we get into the breakdown of the characters, just. It, we should mention um it's a frame story right so it opens right. up um and closes on the quote-unquote current events happening which is a zombie outbreak and in merch and um jane cleaver are, are running like they're, they're they're they get in a car crash and then zombies come out and all that stuff and we actually see merch shoot jane cleaver in the head and then yeah. it flashes back flashes back to like, i think like five weeks before something like uh, that and it, yeah, and, and then it explains the 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 lead up to to what just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally forgot that that was uh, you know it, it starts in media res and then goes from there. Uh, it's a bold choice. It's a, I, yeah. I I like it, um, and I think it works for this truncated story. I'm not sure if it would work for a, a feature length film, but uh, it works. Yeah, here. if if there was more to this movie that they should have just not had that, but like it, it's, it's concise enough that it, it definitely works. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it really is just, it's a TV episode more than an actual film. So yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Um, but yeah, so when they, when they, uh, rewind, I think, yeah, four or five weeks, uh, we start with, uh, David Murch, uh, and Colt, the oh, and culture character, Jane Cleaver and a, right-wing broadcast personality called marty clark yeah uh, there and he's the only one that was a bit off i think yeah because i agree he he was going for o'reilly mm-hmm. clearly uh like in the way that he condescendingly would draw out some words yep. like that mm-hmm. like he would do that but uh he looked and felt more like in like an american Stuart varney kind of <laughs> Um, and he also had a little bit of a Karl Rove effect too, but there is a Karl Rove character. There is character. a Karl Rove character, yeah. And he also, yes. he uh, kind of looked like, uh, like Larry King too, just cause he was kind of older gentleman yeah, yeah, yeah. and had glasses and he didn't have the suspenders, he's like, but he's like a composite of a bunch of different yeah. cable news shitheads. Yeah. But I don't know. I wasn't really sold by his performance no, really. Like no. he was fine. He, and then he kind of changes midway through the, the movie too. Like when he starts yeah, doing the election and, coverage. And there's no like resolution to him. No, he kind of just disappears. Mm. He yeah. he doesn't even get zombied or anything. No, no, nothing. Yeah, it'd be cool if like yeah. when he was doing election coverage, like zombies break in and like eat his brains or something. Yes, but just <laughs> nothing. 
and he's like, oh, facts don't care about your feelings. And then <laughs> try to eat. That'd be good. Um, so yeah, uh, Merch is a guest. He's like one of the talking heads on the show, uh, along with with Jane Cleaver. And um, Jane Cleaver is just giving all the stereotypical right wing talking points, like, oh, it's the the president's elections ramping up. We we have like a couple weeks to go. We should only let safe, legal, sane Americans who have regi- who are like registered to vote vote. Like let let all that standard yeah. kind of stuff. I think the frame of this of the news piece in that moment is like a protest that happened that was an anti war yes. protest, and and some and protesters were arrested. And I think Marty Clark frames it as like, oh, should they have been? Is it infringing on their, you know, free speech or whatever? And uh, yeah, yes. she does the Jane Cleaver, uh, Ann Coulter character does like the, you know, loony left stuff. And uh, David Merch doesn't exactly say that because he can't, you know, he's supposed to be a little more respectable. Right. And then there's a it's gold a, star mother too. Yeah. And Wikipedia says uh, she was inspired directly by another real life person, uh, Cindy Sheehan. Hmm. Um an American anti-war activist whose son, U.S. Army Specialist Casey Sheehan, was killed by enemy action during the Iraq War. Huh. Okay, interesting. Um, I, I figured that there was some t- like real person that was inspired by this, but like that there are so many of these people, you know, just yeah, oh, yeah. The, 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 these war Zoomers in our audience, these wars were really fucking unpopular even during even during when they were happening. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. A, a few years in, especially they they really the the Iraq War just was not. It, it was it was faux pas to to express any kind of support for it yeah i mean some of the largest protests in america right i mean mm-hmm. millions upon millions of people got out on the streets to protest this war um and I, unfortunately I it's it, still going so <laughs> yeah i i believe it was during bush's first inauguration um no it, i think it was during his second inauguration it was well, the largest his first protest. one he didn't have there was no war during yeah 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 there was no war to protest so it must have been a second but like it was like the the biggest protest in like recorded in the world ever at the time right um and nobody covered it just because like it's uncomfortable to mention that shit. yeah yeah but that's it's important to mention though that it was a global protest too um, yep. it wasn't just yep. the united states i mean people all over the world were protesting that um yeah i wonder if that is has been eclipsed by like the the labor strike in india now i mean i guess yeah and and just uh i mean depending on how you classify things i i think honestly the the protest during trump's inauguration was probably bigger just because it's such a more like immediate event to americans i would imagine yeah i i think you're right and i think again because on a global scale uh there were there were a lot of protests during during his inauguration or at least like the the weekend of his inauguration um okay so correcting us immediately <laughs> that's fine um, we're not smart <laughs> no we're not the no knowing, knowing trivia is not a sign of intelligence that's that's that's, that's the, fair that's enough the, I'm, I'm merch i'm spinning it i'm spinning the i'm spinning the delivery uh, the February fifteenth, two thousand three, anti-war protests. Okay. So during Bush's first term, his first, term. not during his inauguration. Yeah. Basically, like right after, or is that right before the war? Or is that right out? No. When does the war start? I don't even remember. I was a child. People. Let me let me just read this verbatim from Wikipedia, this will, <laughs> and, and then we can continue to the movie. But this, this will help we the do. stage. <laughs> On February fifteenth, two thousand three, a coordinated day of protests started across the world, in which people in more than six hundred cities expressed opposition to the imminent Iraq War. 
Right. It was a part of a series of protests and political events that began in 2002 and continued as the war took place. Social movement researchers have described the 15th, February 15th protest as the largest protest event in human history. Damn. According to BBC News, between 6 and 10 million people took part in protests in up to 60 countries over the weekend of 15th and 16th February. Okay. All of which is to say this mother character, she she's kind of brought up on the on the Fox News talking head thing. And she asks a question like, what, what's going to happen with the war? Why are we still doing this? Like, nobody wants to be there. My son was killed. Uh, she mentions her son, Michael. Um, and, and Merch, he kind of blanks out for a second. Like, he has like a pang of conscience or something. And then he says, if I could have one wish... I would wish for your son to come back to life because then he could tell us how important it is to to fight the fight and to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, imp- it's how important it is to be overseas, you know, protecting our liberty and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the fra- that's the phrase you always heard around this time. It was like protecting our freedoms, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, from from goat farmers in the <laughs> Middle East. Like, what is- <laughs> yes, Nicholas. Of course, there's IEDs and all those goats. Um, yeah, so he basically wishes in a monkey's paw, um, as we mm-hmm. see, I think, the, yeah, literal next scene, um, uh, the uh, the flag-draped uh, caskets. No, no, no. The next scene is a, oh, a kinky, yeah, kinky right. Joe Dante S&M sex scene. That's right. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Merch and Cleaver hook up. Um, she's like dominating him he has like p- claps uh, yeah, clamps, clamps on his on nipples, his nipples. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's all he's all tied up and she's like smacking him yeah it's great it, it, we, we get some exposition between him and his his carl rove boss mm-hmm. yeah robert picardo uh, one of uh a jo- a joe dante regular of his yep. uh stock characters um yeah he's just that they're talking some inside baseball stuff about the election basically um the, ca- the character's name is kurt rand which is how yeah blatant yeah. it is that's yeah, Carl it's, it's incredible it's great uh and he's he's just great throughout uh honestly I, I, everybody's pretty good I, like john tenney as as david merch is fine um thea gill is is great as ann coulter and then but uh yeah picardo really sells his role um he's yeah, the only one he, who i really most, know i didn't really know anybody else in this movie he's certainly the most memorable he's like he's such a he's such a slimy asshole just yeah like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna throw the votes out we're gonna steal this election ah <laughs> yeah he's great um, uh people fans of star trek might recognize him he's in some i don't know which season or yeah, show but no he's um he is uh the holographic doctor on voyager oh really okay yeah he he doesn't exist he's just like the the representation the ship creates to have a bedside manner while it diagnoses people gotcha oh nice yeah nice. kind of a kind of a fun little role i can see him being um, good at that yeah another thing uh john tenney the guy who plays merch the main character really random he played hal jordan's father in the 2011 green lantern movie no that's fucking Mart- wild martin jordan why would you even need that character that's incredible. uh flashbacks yeah when, when his son died like, like the batman thing is that what happened? Um, does, his, does his parents die? Wait, you've never seen it? No, I've never seen it. That's, okay, so well, we gotta do that one eventually. <laughs> we gotta do that one, yeah. Um, just comics, comics uh, sidebar here. 
um how the reason how jordan like he has fear and like that's his weakness and everything is because he sees his dad crash in a plane and that's how his dad dies as a oh kid. okay gotcha. and so he's always afraid like to to push himself to the limit to to get to the edge and that and he overcomes that yeah right right yeah oh okay that makes sense yeah that's really um, dumb but yeah comics folks comics, <laughs> comics eh? um but yeah so they they're they're an item cleaver in in march um but then yeah we, we do jump to that casket scene that that you were getting at. yeah so it's on a military installation uh, somewhere near dc i guess i mean the, the majority of this um, film takes place on the hill um, yeah, yeah so it's, somewhere it's maybe in virginia i don't know um but uh yeah it's 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 nighttime it's it's a airplane hangar and the airplane is being unloaded um you know the, the flag draped caskets um the like steel caskets like the you know very sterile uh military caskets that, that people are flown in on, on cargo carriers basically and uh one of the soldiers is like, oh, there's a cameraman around here. He's trying to take photos. This is illegal. And they try and find somebody. One, and then... one, of, those, one of those pesky uh, ad busters or village <laughs> voice uh, college dropouts. <laughs> um, and, and so we start hearing noises and, you know, the soldier unholsters his weapon. And then uh, those noises we realize are coming from the, the caskets as uh, as they pop open and uh and lo and behold the uh the veterans the dead the dead are are zombies they've been brought to life by the words of david merch yeah i i like that they don't explain it at all it just happens yeah it just happens um it, it was that was that's probably just like a a necessity for the runtime partially at least um but it, it just feels more obviously mysterious but like mythical and kind of just like you get the sense that it's like the collective guilt and wishes of the country is what brought these people back. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's like a fable. Um, there's no yeah. reason to explain it. You know, it's just this, this yeah. perfect allegory for everything that's happening. Um, yeah, it's no, I was, I thought that was how it was. I was trying to remember. I was like, there's no yeah. way they explain this. That'd be fucking stupid. If no, um, it, it feels kind of like gremlins right it's like a storybook oh don't don't feed a gremlin after dark right like, well, when, mm -hmm. when does that happen like it, yeah yeah what if it what if there's a solar eclipse like no we don't need that like no. legalistic bullshit just don't feed it after dark that's all you need to know exactly yeah and you know even if you think about gremlins too they they kind of poke fun at that where they're like oh what if you yes. you know it, is it at before midnight or after midnight like you know after midnight mid, not dark midnight yeah not dark midnight is it this or that and blah 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 and they just they're poking holes in it and it's like oh this is this is making fun of like the pedantic nerds basically yes. you know so that's yes that's joe dante's sense of humor he doesn't give a shit about yeah. that kind of stuff um, and neither do we. Honestly. Neither do we. And so. ne neither should you, <laughs> listener. <laughs> but no, it's 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 just a great like morality tale, right? You know, it's yep. just it's straight to the point. You know, this is this is what this is about. This is what you should be thinking. This is what we're trying yep. to say. Um, and of course, this movie is just a great piece of propaganda as well, similar to Redacted. Yes. I mean, yep. it's that's the reason these films were made. <laughs> I mean, a according to infamous uh suck dem and depending on who you ask turncoat george orwell 
all art is propaganda. Like every, everything is propaganda. Everything everything has a political stance. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell movie Bob that. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get a cool kill in this. Um, so there are two soldiers in the in the coffin chamber. Uh, it's like a big aircraft room. Um, hangar in one a- of aircraft them, room. The aircraft room. The aircraft room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in the in the aircraft uh, doggy dog house um, where they where they sleep at night <laughs> when, when when they're not when they're not blowing up little Iraqi kids. Um, so one of them leaves to go walk around or like patrol outside. One of them is still in there when the zombies start waking up, uh, and we get some really obvious but like great shots of like a zombie bursting out of his coffin, draped in the American yeah, flag, wearing a good. uniform. It's like. We get it, but yeah. good. We, it like, it happens like twice, and I was like, "Fuck yes, hell yeah!" yeah. No, it's if I didn't get it the first time, I got it the second time. Yeah, yeah. F- Fifteen-year-old me would have got that very well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Definitely. Um, but yeah. So the first soldier, he's like backing away. He's shooting his gun at them, and it's not doing anything. Uh, the second soldier runs in and sees like a bunch of zombies surrounding the first soldier, and then he pulls his gun and shoots at them. His bullets go through the zombies and kill yeah. his soldier buddy. That was great. And then the zo- yeah, it's so good. And then the other zombies come to him, and they're just like, "Oh, Eddie's soldier." Yeah. And then they keep walking, like they they're not trying to kill anyone. No, no. which is good. They don't. I don't think they kill a single person. No, well, they that's do. not true. They do at the end, but um, yeah. they really, yeah, they're they're not menacing. I mean, they're menacing to the. To people, people perceive them as menacing because, yeah, you probably everybody would in real life, but, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting twist. Um, yeah, it definitely keeps this film going because if they were just the usual like brain eating zombies, it would be fairly boring. There'd be no reason for this movie to exist. My assumption was that like I, I thought for half a second like oh shit they're gonna be like really smart and tactical. <laughs> and like you, you use their soldier skills and like abilities yeah. to like overthrow the country, but that, that that would be like a much longer, bigger budget movie. Yeah, that that's not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 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 happy they went with this. It's like zomb- zombies can represent a lot of things in culture, but like they, I I don't think I've ever seen them but like represent guilt before, like collective mass guilt like this before. You know? Yeah, I mean, even in like the Romero stuff, like it's not it's not about guilt so much as it is about just. Yeah, consumerism, and then yeah. to a certain extent, like Day of the Dead, his film is is about militarism, um, but not a, not specifically guilt about militarism or anything like that. Um, yeah, no, I, I I can't think of any. I mean, I, I'm not an expert on zombie films by any means, um, but uh, yeah, I think this is an, an interesting way to approach the material, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, they we get some more talking head Fox News stuff like, oh, the zombies are rising up and cutting in cities all over the country. Um, and then we see a couple shots of like the zombies walking through society and one of them goes to vote and he, he votes, he casts an early ballot in the upcoming election. Um, and as soon as he puts his ballot into the ballot box he just falls over dead yeah. like for real this time yeah um we should say there is a really whatever voiceover narration yeah it's I, I don't it's not i don't think it's necessary but 
it's not they and they have so much like news interstitial content they could have just done that right exactly and ha- and have merch do it too because mm-hmm. he's a news guy right like right. just have him be like in today's news we heard we heard a zombie and actually shut like a robocop kind of thing yeah yeah that would have been more interesting and um i yeah i just wonder i mean joe dante didn't write this one and, and nor does he generally write any of his films very few um but yeah it's uh, the script could have been tightened definitely um yeah. the, the screenwriters are not our workers of note folks that's for sure but uh, that's true again it's it's it, but it's it, you know, we don't want to be too hard on it. It is an adaptation of a short story called Death and Suffrage by Dale Bailey, who is a uh, sci-fi writer. I don't, I don't know him, but... Um, Sam Hamm is the screenwriter. He, Sam he wrote... Sam Hamm. Sam Hamm, I am. He wrote both uh, Burton Batman movies. Interesting. Um, wow. Okay. He wrote the movie Monkey Bone. That movie sucks yeah yeah it looks awful um henry selig's only live action movie uh nightmare before christmas director oh yeah he should Um, should stick with uh the claymation sam ham also wrote for detective comics and he created the character of henry Descard, the the liam neeson character from batman begins that's mildly interesting i suppose (laughs) What is with all this <laughs> comics talk? What are we doing? I don't, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not comics. It's homecoming, homecoming. Homecoming, homecoming. Um, so, yeah, the we see more stuff of the zombies integrating into society. There's one... Th- this scene was a bit much, and I thought they were going to do something with it when the zombie wandering the streets uh, goes to that cafe that's oh, owned by the yeah. couple. That was weird. That was. He's like... Uh, just walking down this lonely road and cut green day was big at this time and i thought of like that song lonely road oh, by yeah, green yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> that should be our closing song by the way because <laughs> um, <laughs> he's like walking it's like pouring rain and then this guy's like oh come on in son come on yeah, in come on in i he's also like, lost yeah. my son in the war like no no his son is no, over son there the war is still fighting yeah. they're like we hope he comes home soon alive and then and then the wife comes over and she's like, "Let me tell you about my son. Here, warm yourself up. Here's a blanket. Here's coffee. Yeah, have some here's, food. here's here's our son's little dog. Yeah, yeah. Like he's wait. <laughs> champ is waiting for our champ to come home too. And like, I was like, is he is he gonna eat the dog or something? Like, what, like, what, what is like what is the point of the scene? Um, and then like, this couple comes in to you know eat food at the diner and then they see there's a zombie and they just like leave immediately like that's it that's yeah. the button on the end of the scene it's just like oh there's prejudice against zombies like what i mean yeah of course there is <laughs> the, the the one thing i would do is cut that scene yeah and use that time and, and also cut the voiceovers to add more like robocop talking head news footage fake fake new, like real news in the context of the of the universe but like expo- acting in place of the narration yeah if if there was more of that um, or if there is even just more, uh, you know, maybe montage of the zombies in society, not necessarily yeah. focusing on any single zombie, but just like showing them go around. We see them voting, you know, later and we and some of them talk. But again, it's 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 not just like I'm going to say it. It's not it's not world building. 
maybe there was there needs to be more world building i don't know you know like just, just these little these little spurts of it here and there could have uh, gone a long way and more to our our point of like how to do world building well without it becoming like a fetish of itself you can do that while dropping exposition and characterization if you just use the murph character who's oh, he works in news he could do voiceover without it being a voiceover exposition character building and world building all at once oh, yeah. if they just showed like clips of his show yeah like like that, that that's so obvious it, it's kind of really annoying they didn't go with that yeah. direct, go with that no it's true and and considering dante um and just like you know a lot of his earlier films they they use media quite often um if, if you look at the howling or even piranha like tv screens um pop up mm. in his films and characters watching tv be it the news or uh cartoons or something like that you know um and the howling characters watch like old looney tunes stuff and 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 the main character literally works for you know primetime television news um that's something I really never thought too much about, but it's it's through a lot of Dante's filmography, like news media. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Small Soldiers, it's it's there. Like, I guess like more advertisements for for the toys. Yeah, but like towards the, towards the, the end, a newscaster shows up. Yep. I th- I, I think the Dennis Leary character like bribes them to not tell. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a little quiet thing <laughs> out of the out of the side. Um. I mean, Gremlins Two is all about like, Gremlins Two. All it's, about it's that. Ted Turner. Yeah, yeah. And then the the uh, the Grandpa Monster uh, type character. Who, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Who has the uh, the Asian tourist who films everything? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, the Howling. Uh, D. Wallace plays a newscaster. Uh, there's, I think, there's some news media in Piranha as well. His first film. Well, one of his first okay. films. His first film is Hollywood Boulevard, which he hates, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. It's a good movie. It's basically just yeah. cobbled together from other Roger Corman movies. <laughs> uh, really funny thing. Um, God, we're jumping around a lot, but this is, I, I didn't want to mention this. Have you ever seen his movie, The Movie Orgy? No. It's it's. It, I think you could find a version online, but um, yeah. he doesn't like showing it unless he can show it in a theater. Because um, he 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 thinks it's a theater experience. Like sure, you're supposed sure. to be able to like kind of just you know leave to go get popcorn, leave to go to the bathroom uh, between sure. you know any of the clips that are going on. Yeah. So just I mean I guess this is the this is the random aside <laughs> and like uh, and and reading from Wikipedia episode kind of like commercials on TV. Hey. Um, the movie Orgy is a 1968 film directed by Joe Dante and produced by John Davison. It is an evolving compilation of film clips, commercials, and film trailers, initially assembled by Dante when he was an undergraduate at the Philadelphia College of Art. At its longest, it ran for seven and a half hours and could be considered the analog prelude to the mashup videos and supercut edits now prevalent on digital platforms like YouTube and Vimeo. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds wild. It's pretty wild. Um, He went touring uh, colleges and college towns with it. Uh, It was sponsored by Schlitz Beer. Yeah, at one point, <laughs> uh, which you know, shout out Slitch Beer, uh, great beer, good f- big fan of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but uh, no, yeah, it's 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 tough to see unless you like live in Los Angeles. He'll show it once in a while. Yeah. There, they actually were yeah. talking about doing a digital, uh, like a a Zoom screening of some kind of it, but I they haven't oh, mentioned shit. it in a while, so I think they maybe gave up on that idea. That would be cool. I mean, it'd be ripe for that kind of thing. Um, the the lockdown situation like so many people would watch it i feel like yeah i think josh olsen who's his his co-host on the the movies that made me podcast uh was super into his, the his, idea. his sidekick at this point yeah his sidekick um but joe dante really um would prefer it shown in a movie theater with an audience because he feels like the audience feedback is important to the experience but um yeah, we'll see. I mean, if COVID's over, ever over and there are movie theaters and he's playing it in Los Angeles, you know, I don't know. If you live there, go see it. Yep. If you have seven hours to spend watching, like, just weird footage from the 60s, <laughs> the 50s and 60s. For seven and a half hours. <laughs> so back to Homecoming. Uh, we see that a bunch of the zombies have been rounded up in an open-air prison, kind of like Gitmo. Yeah, that's right. Um, they're even in their orange jumpers. Yeah, yep, yeah. orange jumpsuits and everything. Um, uh, Kurt Rand and Merch and some other some other TV people they go there and they they obtain uh, Michael. Michael is the son of the Cindy Sheehan mother character from the beginning, who died in the war. Um, and he's also, I believe, the one who was at the couple's uh, cafe with the dog scene. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he, he has like some introduction before this, but he, he's brought in and he's brought to the new studio and he's, he, he, he's basically said, they basically say to him, read the statement. Um, or when, after he says it hurts him to talk, they're like, we can have someone read it for you. Just sign it and nod. Um, and he looks at it for like five seconds. He's like, no, he shakes his head. Um, and then Karov, AKA Kurt Rand gives him a cell phone with his mom on the other line and she's being like audibly threatened to like tell her son yeah. to sign <laughs> this paper <laughs> um and she's like well i want you to do what your conscience tells you is right and then like she's like uh no i mean uh, uh, you sign should it. probably <laughs> sign it it's a good idea for you to sign it <laughs> um and then so Karov hangs up and he's like all right so what are you gonna do and then Michael rips his head off and eats him. Yeah, it's fucking great. It's he, great. It's great. He, it, he, first kill. He, he kill. slams his head against the table like a thousand times. Um, yes. And then we see just like his 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 bloody head, uh, you know, just slumped over uh, the the table. Wikipedia tells me that. Wikipedia tells me that this he acts out the Lucio Fulci zombie stereotype. Oh really? That's interesting. I've never seen I've never seen Zombie. I've never seen his film Zombie. Yeah. That's funny. I think uh I, I I guess that happens. I don't know. Specifically the move of gouging out his eye and then oh. slamming his head on the table over and over okay. again. I knew that the eye gouging happened because I, I have yeah. an aversion to eye violence. Uh so I try to avoid films where that happens. But uh yeah. I I knew that happened. That's that's, sure. that's, that's so weird. That's on the Wikipedia. That's so stupid. This whole thing, this whole thing is written by a fan clearly because oh, yeah. when when it's when it introduces Kurt Rand, it says the Carl Rove like Kurt Rand, Dante regular Robert Picardo. <laughs> like it's just incredible. 
the standards um, that are Wikipedia. <laughs> Just writing whatever you feel. That's great. I love it. Another character thing that we learn about Merch is that um, one, like the reason he he's made this wish on TV and presumably instigated the zombie uprising is he mentions that his brother Philip had died in Korea right. as, as a mm. as a veteran. Yeah, his older brother as, Philip as had had died in uh, Korea. No, Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam, Vietnam makes much more yeah. sense timeline wise. Yeah, yeah, given uh, the ages. Yeah, 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 he's like a he's like a Gen X guy, so it makes yeah. sense. Um, um, but yeah, then we we learn. Well, he learns on air that his brother died in Pennsylvania, where like they're from. Yes, uh, that he was dishonorably the, discharged for like yep. drug abuse or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think the implication is he had PTSD. P- yeah, he was, taking dr- it, yeah. he was taking drugs to cope. Mm, they say he wasn't quite himself. They say something like that, but it, it yeah. clearly means PTSD. Yeah, um, and because of this, he's he's like demoted or fired, and and Jane Cleaver gets his position. Yeah, but we and then we have this really, and I forgot this happened at all. But then we get this crazy flashback because he he confronts his mother. His Wild. mother we meet earlier yep. when they go to uh, Philip's gravesite. Uh, his mother's like, yeah. Um, we didn't want to. We tried to make you forget about this, and then we get a. a, a it goes black and white, um, and uh, we we see his brother in the in the seventies. His brother Philip, uh, about to blow his brains out uh, yep. in their in their childhood home. Just, yeah, just the city, like the office, the home yeah, office. Yeah, just in the home whatever. office, <laughs> just sitting there, just about to put the gun in his mouth and blow his brains out. But then. Young David Merch walks in, this little, you know, moppet child with the uh, <laughs> scraggly hair. And he's like, Mom needs help with the groceries, Philip. Philip, Mom needs help with yeah. the groceries. What are you doing with that gun in your mouth? <laughs> yeah. Like innocent little tot. Yeah, it's great. And so then he locks the gun up. Um, and he's like, "Oh, come, come with me, champ. We'll, we'll, we'll go help mom with the groceries." But that doesn't last long. And and and, uh, and David, little little David, comes back in. You know, meticulously remembers where you know the key is and un- unlocks the lock, gets the gun out, and uh, yeah, he, he he, it's a toy to him. Um, and this is uh, this is kind of like the Joe Dante like anti gun lib thing, basically. Yep. yep. Um, he says, "Friend or foe? Friend or foe? Yeah, friend or foe?" He so little David Merch points the gun at his brother. He says, "Friend or foe? Friend or foe?" And uh, he's like, "No, man, put it down, put it down." Uh, so he shoots him, uh, and it's you know live ammunition, ammunition. And so. he double taps him. He double taps him. That's <laughs> the best part. Kid. He walks over and he asks him again. He's like, "Friend or foe? Friend or foe?" And he shoots him <laughs> with his dead body. <laughs> It's it's just fucking wild. It's like yeah, that's the point where I was like, wait, what okay. is this movie? I'm sorry. Um, well, that, this is good. I mean, no, it's it I do like that. it, but it's it's yeah, it's, it's great. Out of left field. It just uh, yeah, it's it's batshit. It's it's crazy. And so then his mom, co- his parents come in. They're screaming, and then they bury the the brother. And the mom explains to him that they he was so young that they just pretended it didn't happen. Yeah, they just never talked about, about it. it, and and yeah. it's just yeah, a suppressed memory. Um, yeah, this is wild. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it it it's a little bit of a stretch, yeah. but like it 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 works. I think just because like you know kids forget shit all the time, uh, especially they 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 do repress things. Um, and it metaphorically it ties into the the bigger metaphor of um, 
the guilt of a nation over this war that at this point was cl- the writing was on the wall of how, how much of a shit show it was. Right. Um, right. And, and like trying to forget the past without like properly processing it and pretending stuff doesn't happen. It, it I think it works in that level. Right. And, and, and basically like um, I think to piggyback off of that, it, it also works in terms of just like our, our Imperial project, right? Like, you know, just constant, constant wars right there's very few periods of american history that we're not at war uh (laughs) in some in some iteration um so it's like this constant forgetting of what you know what came before what where were we were what theater of war we were in um and obviously you know his it it makes sense that his brother is a vietnam vet you know what what is our cultural memory of vietnam right what is our memory as a nation of vietnam some people think it, it was a success Obviously, it was not. Uh, <laughs> John Milius and who else? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but then if you even think about just how, how often we've been in the Middle East or Iraq, right? You know, go, the Gulf War, yeah. um, the, the the constant bombing of Iraq, you know, from the Bush to the Clinton to the Bush again years, you know? Yeah. So um, I ha- I have a very strong memory uh, unlike Murch, I remember all my childhood <laughs> shit in painful detail um, of my dad and I listening to like NPR on the car some, at some point, or, or he was telling me about an NPR story that he heard. Um, and I, I don't remember that actual story, but I remember my dad telling, like relating it to me. Yeah. And the idea was like, oh, several people are concerned that Iraq will become this generation's Vietnam. Um. And like the NPR people were like, no, no, that's not that's not true. No, that's it's not this, this time we got it. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, I I I will agree with them on exactly one metric, and it's that there was not a draft. That that's is the true. only re- only differentiating factor. Yeah, that's true. There was no draft. Yeah. And I, th- I mean, there are a lot of reasons for that, um, but I think the two biggest ones were, a, our military doesn't work like that anymore. Like we don't need just like to feed bodies into the meat grinder just because like the, the technological level of our armed forces is, is so insane. Um, and also it's extremely unpopular right. it, it, that it was that so would have shut down the war. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I just, I don't think we would, we'd perhaps not be in a forever war if they tried to do that. Yeah. I mean, j- just from a, like a counterfactual version of history, like if that had happened, history would be extremely different like the, the yeah. whole war w- would just be even exponentially more unpopular than it was yeah definitely um yeah crazy thing about crazy crazy stuff folks crazy stuff <laughs> um so yeah and then it's election night right um yeah that's right so yeah th- uh they do argue uh merch and eventually cleaver so like the, like the the stance of the presumably bush administration is that the dead soldiers are allowed to vote because like oh who who would protest um who who would protest like a, a an, an american soldier their right to vote like yeah. that's so un-american but then they start voting for the the more liberal candidate they start voting democrat right but there's um, a one there's one part where i think they're talking to like the liberal candidate um, like the zombie, one zombie speaks up and like specifically goes to like a, a campaign event. Right. And he, it, and he yeah. tells them like, we're rising out of the grave because we do not want this war to continue. And 
any candidate that's against this war, we will vote for them. And yep. then, uh, yeah, Jane Cleaver and everybody does like a total 180. They're like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, Put yeah, him yeah. in Gitmo. <laughs> like, and there's also uh, like the Jerry Falwell analog yes. who earlier had been saying like, these are gods. Yes. <laughs> fallen heroes coming back to our blessed shores. Yeah. And like, then once they like, say that, he's like, they're spawned spawn from hell. hell. They must be sent yeah. back. <laughs> Um, he even looks like Jerry Falwell too. He they got a they did a good job casting that guy. Yeah, that guy that guy was good. Uh, you know, a little on the nose, but it, at the same time, this the whole, whole thing this whole is movie right. Is on the yeah, nose, it's yeah. it's not like high art. Well, no, actually, I contend that it is high art because it's, it's Joe Dante. It's so, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, election night. Um, they they meant they get a lot of mileage. They mentioned Florida a few times. Yeah, Florida, like, Ohio, the, two, the two thousand. Yeah, the 2000 election is still ev- very clearly on everyone's mind still at this point. Yeah, they even say something like, because they mention how many zombies are coming back, and it's only a few hundred. They're like, an election can't be swung by a few hundred votes. And they're like, Florida? And he's like, oh, you're right. That is Joe Dante's, um, not not quite scolding, but a gentle rebuke to, to the Ralph Nader voters. <laughs> 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 it's lib-brain stuff. Like, I mean, the movie's pretty lib-brain. Besides the just yeah. like fuck this war, you know, like, um, the majority of the stuff is lib brain. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, 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 the real culprits of the 2000 election were the Supreme court and the fucking Brooks brothers riot. Right. In my opinion, exactly. Not, not the hundred people who voted for. Robert no, Nader. of course not. That's Cause, ridiculous. Cause, cause, it, cause if they weren't going to, if, if they weren't going to vote for Nader, they weren't going to vote for Gore or Bush. No. Yeah. They just would yeah. probably not vote. Exactly. So, um, but yeah. So eventually, they, the Bush, it, the the XB of the Bush administration does steal the election because, yeah. legitimately, there were enough dead soldiers to to vote for the anti-war candidate. But the levers of power, being what they are, they they call it for. It, it is called for them, and this was actually kind of quaint in 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 hindsight. Yes. Like watching it today, mm-hmm. they're like, the voiceover. There was like. And finally, after all this, and we, they finally called yeah, it at four a.m. Four a.m. <laughs> the next day, <laughs> like oh, oh. Okay, it was also funny day. too wow. because like basically the 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 character Marty Clark, like the Bill O'Reilly cipher, like he basically calls it too. So it's basically the news media calls it, just in the same way that yeah. like the you know Trump and all the Republicans were saying like the news media doesn't call the election in this country. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and more more to that point for the the current uh, GOP talking points, like dead people are voting, right? In this movie, yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I saw that. Like when someone, yeah, when a character says something about dead people voting, I was like, oh shit, <laughs> Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I I think the implication here is like it was called by official sources and they're just reporting on it. Yeah, oh, of course, I know, but, but still, it's yeah. Oh, my favorite timely, part about timely film, uh, timely piece. dead votes. They say something like, um, "Dead people have been voting in Chicago for decades," or something like that. That was great. It was like a, <laughs> they get a little, "Hey, Chicago, hey, play." Yeah. You know, you could play bingo with this, like lib brain yeah. bingo. Um, yep. But we still like this movie, folks. <laughs> this is the best lib election movie ever. Yeah. 
because it has zombies. Because it has zombies and Joe Dante made it. Other than that, it's all it's, like the it's the shitty HBO ones like Recount and all those fucking yeah yeah ones that Danny Strong, who's the uh, one of the nerds from that season of Buffy, he wrote like all of those. You know what we, we might have to do too. Um, the made for TV movie where uh, what's her face plays Sarah Palin. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, Julian Moore. Julian Moore. Yeah, she Danny plays Strong yeah, wrote one yeah. of those. It's HBO. Yeah. And oh, fucking Woody Harrelson plays um, that Lincoln Project asshole. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't. I have to look this up yeah. just because I I think I think this guy wrote was like a consultant on the movie Steve Schmidt. Yes, that's right. Yep. Game change. Yeah, yeah, Schmidt is changer, portrayed right? by Woody Harrelson in the film Game Change. Yeah. Um. Game change. Schmidt himself yeah. voiced voice approval of the film. Amazing. Crazy. Um, and then uh, a couple of years ago, maybe even last year, HBO made the Brexit movie. That's like, uh, oh wait, Den- sorry, just Denny Strong directed that too. Oh, that's change. right. Yeah, he directed and wrote that one. That's yep. right. ridiculous. What ridiculous. And Ed, Ed, Har- Ed Harris is McCain. Yep. McCain. Yeah. <laughs> a weird choice. I can't even. That movie doesn't even make sense that it exists to me. Like, I can't even imagine sitting down and watching that movie. I guess we have to now that we say it. But. This movie feels like somebody, some some white bread like Republican guy that like felt felt bad about voting for McCain because of Palin had a huge crush on Palin <laughs> and also had a huge crush on Julianne Moore. Yeah, yeah, it just funded this totally bankrolled it for that reason alone. Yeah, and uh, just self correction, Danny Strong wrote it. A different director, Jay Roach. Directed. Oh, Jay Roach is right. I fucking forgot Jay Roach. The Austin Powers yeah, guy. Austin Powers guy. Did he do Bombshell also? Yep. Yeah. Okay, the so Fox this News guy. Yeah. <laughs> this guy has the Fox News fetish. Ja- yeah, Jay Roach, man. What the fuck? What he, is happening to okay. this man? Th- this episode is just off the rails because I have to read his his filmography. Good, do it. It's, it's crazy. Selected filmography. I'm just I'm not doing everything, just the interesting ones. Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Austin Powers, A Spy Who Shagged Me. Mystery Alaska. Meet the Parents. Austin Powers in Goldmember. Meet the Fockers. Dinner for Schmucks. Yes. The cam- the campaign. Trumbo, the Brian Cranston one. Oh, Jesus. And then Bombshell. That Fucking is... bonkers career this man has had. The weirdest career in the world. Yeah. He's a talented director. I mean, the Austin Powers films are fun. Yeah, no, he he's not bad. Yeah. He's not untalented. It just the, the trajectory is nuts, though. The fact that like he made the Trumbo movie, I totally forgot he made the Trumbo yeah. movie. That's he. I'm sure uh, that one's unfortunate. He, he produced Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Borat, and Bruno. That makes sense. And Little Fockers. Oh, masterpiece. The the completion to the the Meet the Parents tr- Fockers yeah. trilogy. Fockers trilogy. This fucking trilogy. Um, <laughs> That's what it should be called. We gotta tell them. We gotta tell whoever produced that. Hey, this is how you market your Blu-rays. Mark J. Roach. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so enough enough aside. We'll, we'll we'll wrap up the recap here. Yeah. Um. um what else happens? Bush wins. Bush, Bush Bush wins. Bush wins again. Yeah. Bush wins. Oh, I think and and I think. When the night of the election is when there's there's t- you know the ticker at the end at the bottom of the screen um, for for news. I was trying to read what 
some of them said, and I, I didn't catch a lot of them, but I caught one and it says, um, schools must teach alternative to heliocentrism. <laughs> Very on the nose. Very on the nose, obviously about creationism. Um, which is, which is fucking wild to think about. Like, I guess it's still an issue in parts of the country, but like, I remember that being a huge culture war thing. Yeah. I, I've not in 2005. heard anybody speak of it since, but I assume there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, in Kentucky there was the the, the Noah's Ark Museum. I think it closed because of COVID. Oh, though uh, Ken Ken Ham, yeah, his Ken Ham. <laughs> back back in my cringy New Atheist phase, I was all about that shit. Like Ken Ham, he's he's a piece of shit. He's <laughs> trying to teach Noah's Ark to impressionable kids. Yeah, but it was like a creationist version because dinosaurs were on the Ark or something. Yeah, you, you yeah. see, you see like you see like a T Rex and Noah's. <laughs> Amazing. It's like, a, yeah. it's like Noah Noah's petting like a baby psychosaurus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I kept wanting to go because um you know it's it's pretty oh, close shit. to the Ohio border and I, I I go there to see my in laws, but I, I think it's literally closed now, like forever. And when you and when you go in election years to to vote multiple times in Ohio. Oh of course, yeah, no. No okay. question about that. Uh, yeah, that would uh, that would have been a good place to go, but whatever. Yeah. Lost lost chances. Uh, um but because this election in the movie was stolen, um, uh, Merch's curse that he invoked at the beginning uh, gets even worse. Yeah. Because every every American veteran from all all the wars in the past come to life. Yeah. And I wish we saw like that happen. I wish we saw like some like mm, you know Revolutionary yes. War soldiers like pop up, Civil War soldiers, and all that kind of and stuff. This would be the perfect cameo for Dick Miller. Oh yeah, that's so. In true. a little tricorn hat, yeah. like <laughs> you, you could have had like like a Vietnam veteran, like a Civil yep. War veteran, World War One, World War Two, and then like coming up in the rear, yes, he's like Dick he's Miller. carrying, he's like a little rifle. Oh, that'd have been incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. Missed opportunity, definitely. Um, but it's yeah. it's budgetary constraints, right? I mean, like all we see is they shoot some cemetery that's definitely not Arlington, and like the stones start shaking. You know, uh, it's about. Did see. you did you catch all the names on the? Yeah, they're all like uh, zombie movie directors. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like George Romero, Lu- Lucio Felci, um, all those names. Jacques Tournay, I think. Uh, I have a list here actually on Wikipedia. Uh, Jacques Tournay, Romero. Uh, Jean Yarbro. Oh sure. Lu- Lucio felt felt. Am I saying that right? Fulci, Lucio Fulci. Fulci, I think. Fulci. Fulci. Yeah. Uh, Del Tenney, Gordon Douglas, John Gilling, Victor Halperin, and Steve Sakelli. Yeah, zombie guys. I think they're Dante, Dante knows his stuff. Yeah, there are a lot of like B movie directors from like probably the forties through seventies, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. yeah, the man is just an encyclopedia. Like it's it's yeah. insane. I mean, there's one episode where Josh Olsen asked him like, "What's the runtime of that movie, uh, Joe?" And he's like, uh, "71 minutes." And they look it up there like, "Yep, it was 71 minutes." <laughs> he was like, "Oh, I was just God, guessing that time." <laughs> he's so awesome. Yeah, he's what, a, great. what a fucking Chad, what a fucking pimp. The Chad it's, Joe Dante. Yeah. Um, Dante's Inferno. Maybe. The, the, episode title oh right yeah there. that's yeah goes without saying yeah and yet um, we said it so that brings us up to the the back half of the frame story we see merch in 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 uh gene Cle- jane cleaver uh they're running away from civilization in their car 
they crash a, a truckload of zombies comes up um cleaver grabs her shotgun that she keeps yeah. in the back of her in her trunk and she starts shooting zombies and she's just going crazy she's like ranting to herself yeah, she's, just and, like, um, she's like these pussies <laughs> <laughs> and then um merch she also has a handgun she's like merch grab the handgun help me out um and then he does grab the handgun but he shoots her in the back yeah, of the head like, i'm sorry jane and he just blows yep. her brains out and then uh we yeah the, the zombies basically you know um encircle him and he thinks they're gonna kill him but his well he first he tries to kill himself yeah, that's right like his brother his, did yeah, right the gun the gun jams yeah. um yeah. and then the, the zombies encircle him he's like do your worst and they're like oh you're the one who started this uh you know you you brought us back and then he, and then we see his brother um his brother is has been brought back to life. Him. he's like hey friend or foe buddy. yeah friend or foe that's yeah. right he points the finger gun at him um and then he's like hey you know you know we're not gonna you know you're gonna help us out here man you're gonna help us and he uh he he breaks his neck uh, he kills his brother who had previously killed him and uh then it just ends with like this this monologue and i think this is the most successful version of the voiceover where, yes. where Merch does this little monologue basically saying to the powers that be, to politicians, um, if you ever start another war, like we will bring a war tenfold onto you and you will see the face of hell or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like they, he says they, they have taken over Washington, D.C. Right. And the, the U.S. government still exists, but it's a government in exile. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if that, essentially they they hold they hold the capital they hold the White House, um, yeah, and it just ends. It, it's it's a great end. <laughs> yeah, merch merches with two other zombies, and um, it's like a Revolutionary War era marching band, and he's like playing the drums. Yeah, yep. it's yeah. There's it's, the, it's, the giant American amazing. flag behind them, very much like in the yep. film Patton, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's just he's just drumming away. He's a zombie now, uh, you know. And and it's great film. Uh, yeah, this is, it's great. There's no reason anyone listening to this should not watch it. Um, it's on YouTube. For it's free. under under an hour on YouTube for free. We'll probably tweet out the link when we oh, drop yeah, this yeah. episode. Definitely. Um, it's fucking COVID. What else are you doing? What else are you doing? Come on. Um. Mark a note. I just have two here. Um, I have uh, Greg Nicotero and Howard uh, Berger, uh, both special effects makeup artists. Uh, Greg mm-hmm. Nicotero is pretty big in the business. He's worked with Carpenter a bunch. I think he worked on Village of the Damned, actually. I, I, I think he he made okay. um, the, the contact lenses, which they didn't actually use for the film because they, like, they were fucking everybody's eyes up, so they they just did digital in the end. That's why the eyes are digital. Yeah, that's why okay. the eyes are digital. Um, but uh, he worked on some other Carpenter films as well. But no, he's he's pretty big, and he was interviewed on um, Joe Dante's podcast as well about his work and you know his his favorite movies or the movies that made him, which is the conceit of their cool. their podcast. Um, yeah, he's an interesting guy. I don't really know much about Howard Berger, but um, he had a lengthy amount of credits on IMDb. So, um, yeah. but yeah, the effects are, the, the makeup effects are great for a low budget, you know, made for a TV movie. 
they are yeah they are they are they're already good but like they become even more impressive when you consider a tv movie budget yeah um, and they don't really shy not... away from like close-ups either you know like we see a decent amount mm. of close-ups of zombies and they look good es- especially uh michael the one who kills Karov. yeah mm-hmm. yep yeah just uh Good, good effects. Um, not a ton of gore, so if you're a gore hound, like you know, you won't get much out of this besides the one death and one zombie's arm comes off. But um, yeah, yeah, th- this is definitely more like um, on par with like I don't know who, what's the crypt keep tales from the crypt. Yeah. Kinda oh yeah. Mm-hmm. More, more, more palatable to to uh, primetime audiences yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's you know I think they say the f word and they curse a little bit more and then they there's a little bit more violence but it's yeah i guess maybe maybe the sex scene yeah um yeah there's no nudity but it's, still it's 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 racy as they say yeah it, it's it's a little risky consider like it 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 wouldn't fly in prime time in 2005 yeah oh for sure for sure i mean yeah hence why this is on showtime um yeah. But yeah, it's uh, no worth checking out, folks. Mm-hmm. Um, his other one, so Joe Dante did one called the Screw Fly Solution, which is also based on a short story. Um, oh, I mean, I, I want to watch this whole fucking series. Yeah, it's it it's worth watching. Yeah. It's it's you know it's Dante, so it's well directed. It's not my favorite of the, of the Masters of Horror that I've seen. Um, but yeah, if you're a completionist, which I guess uh, is basically our broke broke recommendation, Nicholas. <laughs> Yeah. Go. Um, if you're a genre fan of horror, I mean, that, that kind of that's almost redundant. Like people who are into genre movies, like I, almost as a rule, love horror stuff. But like, if you're if you're a fan of kind of the Dante Carpenter Cronenberg era, I mean, this is right up your alley. It's like it's such a good political metaphor for the time. It, it's got some like a little bit of humor, but like it, creepiness added in. But it's it's not like overly disturbing but it, it no i mean it 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 hits all those sweet spots if 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 this is your kind of jam yeah i think so and i think it's also kind of like a nastier film from dante as well you know it has a little bit more yeah. bite than usually mm-hmm. um because like i don't think any of his films are r-rated you know but i would this would this could potentially get an r rating if it was theatrical if yeah, if this was theatrical, if it was if it was lengthened out with more kills and violence to like occupy the runtime, um, yeah, it it would easily be R. Yeah, um, but you know it's 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 an, it's an, it's probably his angriest film too. Like right, I mean, it's definitely it's an obvious yes, polemic, yes. Um, and it's you know there's really no ambiguity what he thinks about the Iraq War here. Yeah, he he's in full righteous anger of the artist mode um which i i don't i've never seen him in before no honestly. I, you know it's there's usually more like you know cheekiness to it mm-hmm. um but it's really kind of absent here which is it's interesting to see and and screwfly solution is is pretty straightforward too it's it's not very funny um his other entry into the series mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's very uncharacteristic of him, but it's apparently it's like the film he wanted to make the most, like uh, to adapt that short story from the seventies. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's fine. Um, it's it's kind of the opposite of uh, why the last man. It's instead of 
all the men are dead. It's all the men start killing the women. Uh, and we learned because it's okay. like some aliens who've, you know, used pheromones to start an apocalypse on Earth. And kind of same with this. It's like that's a strong central metaphor that has has like a lot of echoes in yeah. everyday life. Just mm-hmm. pa- patriarchal attitudes towards women, violence against women, yeah. and how 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 accepted it is. You could do a lot with that, and I imagine he does. Yeah, I, I remember not loving it, but I I'll probably rewatch it. You know, again, like we said, COVID. What else do I have to do? Yeah. Um, so. I, I will say, um, before we go on to your will recommendation, uh, there was one laugh out loud moment very early on in this movie. Um, at the, the first half of the frame story, they're driving down, they're speeding down a dark road. Um, they hit a zombie veteran and his head lands on the windshield yes. and they and they stop the car like, Oh, are you safe? Are you safe? And the head's like, rah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just on the windshield. And then Merch hits the windshield yeah. wiper. So it gets all bloody and it just knocks it away. I was dying. That I was, was dying. And then, and then Jane's like, oh, I think I knew him. <laughs> yes. No, that's good. No, that was good. That was, yeah, that was definitely the funnier moments. Um, yeah. yeah, so for our woke recommendation, uh, everybody's listening to this. Who doesn't know who Pat Tillman is should Google Pat Tillman. Um, yeah. He's a he's definitely one of the only vets uh, who uh, we should honor him and uh, Chelsea Manning. Like that's really it uh, <laughs> of this yeah, engagement, I, at least I should say. Um, there. Yeah, I mean, we're we're gonna take the. I guess we're taking this woke recommendation opportunity to educate younger audience members all, all i don't know who that would be maybe my brother, brother paul, paul. Hey. yeah it's just this this these few episodes are dedicated to your brother paul and all zoomers who don't know this history yeah. um but yeah so uh pat tillman uh he actually was he played for the arizona cardinals uh for a stretch of time i don't know how long but um then he enlisted in the army rangers actually and uh served in iraq and afghanistan and Mm -hmm. was killed uh and it was he was killed by uh i think it was it was reported as enemy fire but then his his family has claimed that it was friendly fire that killed him yeah it it the the original claim was that he was killed by enemy fire. Yeah, I know that. Mm. Um, and it was like a huge deal because like he. Imagine someone like I don't know like Tom Brady, right? Like, not fifty years old, but like Tom Brady, like in the, in the, like the prime of his life, going over, shipping overseas as as like a, as as an army ranger, uh, and then just gets fragged by by an enemy. Um, what I actually believe happened. Um, the author John Krakauer got a hold of his notebook. Um, and in his notebook, he wrote about a lot of things like his growing discomfort with his role, yeah. like his, his his readings on like, you know, philosophy, religion, international politics, and as he educated himself, he he learned how much of a horrible situation he was in. Um, and I believe he actually even reached out to Chomsky, and he, he did. was going to yeah. he was going to meet with Chomsky like a few months after he was actually killed yeah mm-hmm. yeah when basically when he got back to he was uh to 
you know, come stateside, he was going to meet with Chomsky, but he was killed before that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a crazy story. Um, I know there's a documentary, um, but like Nick said, there's there's the Krakauer book, uh, Where Men Win Glory, The Odyssey of Pat Tillman. Um, his mother, Mary, wrote a book called Boots on the Ground by Dusk. Um, but yeah, if you're illiterate like myself, just watch the documentary. <laughs> I think we saw the documentary together in college. I think we did. It was definitely playing, um, yeah, cause 2010, I think it came out. So you probably would have played at um, one of the many theaters we frequented uh, in the unnamed place no everybody knows we went to emerson college at this point so okay, <laughs> it would have been in boston or cambridge but yeah it's, it's yeah the, the tillman the story came out in january of 2010 yeah so we we knew each other by then because we met in like oh yeah. nine yeah. uh yeah and actually um okay so the release date was january 2010 of sundance okay uh distribu- distribution in the u.s was august 2010 okay so yeah i was still yeah. living in boston definitely so I, I just remember seeing this movie, so it must have been. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have seen it with anyone else. Yeah, I, no, exactly. Watch, yeah, you, you, me, or your roommate, probably. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting story. Definitely look him up if you don't know who he is. Um, just just wild. What a country. Um, and obviously it ties into this movie. Yes. Yeah. Be, being killed by imperialist ambitions and. And then coming back to life, in, in a sense, and, and being yeah. politically inconvenient at the time. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, you know, people bring him up all the time when we, when, um, you know, you think about uh, Colin Kaepernick and and the, his protests, uh, kneeling during the national anthem. And, uh, you know. Oh, was, I mean, Pat, at, at, at this point, Pat, had he lived, Pat Tillman would have been right, been right there. right there, you know? Yeah. I mean, literally, you know, in the NFL as well, and... Yeah, so um, crazy, crazy stuff, folks. Um, and our bespoke recommendation, um, I I really think like everyone listening to this should watch this movie. It's short, it's concise, it's great. It flies by, it runs well. Um, but if you can manage to show this, to watch it with your family and show it to any, you know, boomers, Gen Xers, the the only bad generations. We we love everyone else. <laughs> um, you know, like who who normally don't give a shit about veterans or or the consequences of America's um, overseas imperialist projects. Right. They they you know they purportedly care about veterans, right? Like they'll they'll be yeah. the people who have yeah. like in their window, like I support the troops and stuff like that. They might give a few bucks yeah. to some kind of charity, but you know, if you get in a conversation yeah. like, "Hey, we shouldn't we shouldn't have troops, we shouldn't have veterans, yes. because we should yes. stop wars," they'd be like, "Well, no, that's that's going too far." Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, th- this is a nice way to kind of s- sneak that sentiment under their nose and just plant kind of like what we said with redacted just like plant that little seed of doubt in their mind because current drama on twitter not with about twitch streamers notwithstanding debate never changes anyone's mind debating is useless and pointless you can't argue you can't argue to change somebody's mind but you can introduce things into their into their mind slowly and then over time hope that they grow yeah or you can just uh, strap them to a chair, keep their eyes open, uh, literally just Ludovico treatment these motherfuckers, yes. and make them watch yes. all the movies we've ever 
discussed on this podcast. All 97 movies. <laughs> in order. In order. No, not only the ones that we've reviewed, just ones we've mentioned and reviewed. Oh <laughs> that would not be doable. Um, God, when when you said that thing about like people who purport to support the troops but really don't, that made me think of an anecdote from my t-shirt store days. Cause, oh, like, that was like everything, right? Like it was either the like uh, guns don't kill people, uh, uh, fathers of pretty Dads daughters. With... Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, your yeah. number one shirt, right? Or or troop shit. Yeah. The... <laughs> well, the two pop- most popular shirts were. Oh, just really quick, so context. I worked at a custom t-shirt printing store in a number of malls when I was in college during like the summer or whatever. Um, and our most popular shirt by far, there were two of them, uh, Guns Don't Kill People, Dads with Pretty Daughters Do. People people love that shit. People ate that shit up. It was wild. <laughs> um, and then also Sons of Belichick. Oh, the Sons of Belichick. A, yep. That's right. Yeah. I forgot about Sons that Sons of Anarchy one. was big at the time. Belichick. Yeah, Belichick. Yep. Yep. It, 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 it was that. It was that Sons of Anarchy skeleton holding a football instead yeah, that's of a right. figure eight. Thing, yeah. <laughs> that paid my paycheck for a long time. Um, but another one was, um, it was like a soldier, like a, uh, you know, a silhouette of a soldier. Um, and it said like, this isn't a game. And like, it was the NF or the NBA, you know how it's like, those those colors and like it it's like red and blue and it kind of forms a shape oh sure of a person mm-hmm. yep yep it's like that but the, the the person being formed was the soldier that's incredible <laughs> this isn't a game and then one time this this kid came in um this this older kid who was like probably 20 and his like younger brother who was probably like 14 kind of like a merch and his brother here <laughs> in this movie they walk in and he's like yeah man he's he, he was like talking it up he's like yeah like i went to basic training like i've done this stuff it's not a game it's really not a game and then this like mom with her kids that was also buying something else she looks over she's like thank you thank you and she puts her she puts her hand on his arm and she's like thank you and then she walks away oh my god she didn't even say like thank you for your service just thank you no (laughs) she did she did like a smile and like a nod it it seemed sincere enough but like uh yeah just incredible that 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 has always stuck with me as like that's the model of how most of these people process veterans affairs oh, 100%. In, in wars yeah 100% yeah. my whole family that's how they process it i mean no one in my family besides i mean my grandparents were my grandfather you know served in korea but he was just a cook he never went to korea you know he went to right. germany and he was just there for you mm-hmm. know a tour and my other grandfather was in, I think, Paris after World War Two. Um, as a... honestly, our grandfathers might have known each other because mine was too. oh really my dad's yeah my dad's father yeah Damn. Not, not the one the one you not met. the one that I've met okay yeah so like I don't know that they they didn't fought they fight and you know but they served and then no one else did like in my family that was it really oh uh, one uncle one uncle was actually drafted into Vietnam but I don't think he fought either like I think it was in like a yeah. radio division. Yeah, um, I, I, a recruiter tried to recruit me one time at that t-shirt store. <laughs> he came in, he's like, hey man, like, what are you doing with your life? Are you going to school? Have you ever thought about the army? And I was like, I don't want to be rude, but I, I'm in school. I'm, I'm not interested at all. And I, I'm, I'm sorry for wasting your time. That's incredible. But he, I mean, but he, he was like thankful. He's like, hey, thanks for just not brushing me off. I appreciate it. Mm. So. so you supported the troops in that moment is what you're saying. I support, I 
my my respectful disagreement he considered more support than like just like nodding like a dumb idiot and taking his literature and then throwing yeah. it away um do you remember that shirt you used to sell? Like it was like a bootleg World of Warcraft shirt about like gaming all the time or whatever. Yes. So I I should have bought that one and then the troop one and worn them like simultaneously. Like this is oh, not yeah, like yeah. where the this is not a game one on top and then like to reveal underneath it the one that says like gaming is life or whatever. <laughs> this is not a game, and then like the the World of Warcraft text could be like like in in this and this is a war or something like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop reminiscing. Yeah, my let's do our plugs. Um, <laughs> do our plugs. Uh, yeah, find us on Patreon, um, pro underscore con on Twitter. We are at proletarian C, no spaces. Facebook, you can just search for proletarian contrarian. And Instagram, we are um, at proletarian dot contrarian, no spaces again. Yeah, and when I copy and pasted this document, I left off our letterboxed. Uh, letterboxed. I just figure it proletarian out. Proletarian contrarian. Yeah, it's, you'll find it. I think it's pro underscore yeah. con on, uh, on letterboxed as well. Um, and uh, yeah, you might, uh, if I can't edit this out, you'll hear my cat in the background throughout this episode. <laughs> uh, that is Celeste. Uh, follow us on Instagram yes. and you'll be able to see her and sometimes hear her as well uh, in yeah. certain videos. Um, but uh, yeah, I think we might continue with this weird uh, Iraq war themed month that we're doing. Might as well. Uh, what, else, what else we got? <laughs> so uh, join us next week for, oh, Jesus, Celeste, what the fuck? For uh, the Pat, Pat Tillman story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. We will see you next time. See you next week.